want you to turn tonight to Psalm 150. Praise the Lord. Psalm 150. And I'm, I'm going to speak tonight about a, a subject that we've preached on several times, but we'll continue to preach on, called the power of praise. And I got to thinking about this this morning, actually. And then all afternoon, this was on my heart about the power of praise and, and, and how powerful it really is. And, you know, we're, we're not careful. We almost take those things for granted and, and, and don't really think about it like we should. Um, but I'll tell you, there's power in praise. The Bible tells us there is, and we're going to look at a, a psalm and then we're going to look at something in the, uh, in the New Testament. But it says here, praise ye the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Well, praise God. We're in His sanctuary here tonight, aren't we? Amen. Praise God in His, in His sanctuary. Praise Him in the firmament of His power. Praise Him with the sound, uh, sorry. Praise Him for His mighty acts. How many believe He's got mighty acts that we need to praise Him for? Has he done great things to continue to do great things? Hallelujah. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Well, that would be a lot to praise right there. If you praised him according to his excellent greatness, you'd be praising him day and night. Amen. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with the psaltery and the harp. This is about musical instruments. So, you know, really when we play a musical instrument, we are praising the Lord with that instrument, you know. It's not it's not just the singing that's praising, but the instruments are praising Him. Because you can praise Him with a trumpet. You can praise Him with a psaltery and harp. Praise Him with the timbrel and dance. Praise Him with the stringed instruments and organs. Well, we got that string instrument and organ. That'd be piano and organ, wouldn't it? We have that available. And then we have drums. Praise Him upon the loud cymbals. Praise Him upon the high-sounding cymbals. In other words, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Well, you know, you'd think some churches have the order of a graveyard. You know, (laughs) everything's whispered. Be quiet. Don't say anything. Don't do anything. Don't make very much noise. Just really low key everything. I don't know something about that. It's hard to apply this scripture in the sanctuary when it's, when it's got to be so subdued and, uh, pressed down, doesn't it? Well, there's a time for all things. There's a time to sing uh, a worship chorus or something like that and and just a little more on the quiet side and a little more introspective. But there's a time to crank it all up and make a loud noise and clap your hands and uh and raise the roof a little bit, right? Hallelujah. It's all it's all scriptural. And to say, well, those wild there they go, those wild holy rollers, you know. Uh, I remember being in John Osteen's church many years ago and 
And there were some people down. This is back when he was in the, the metal building <laughs> that he had built. And there was some, they were playing the organ and singing a little, some Pentecostal type songs. And there were some folks got out in the aisle there, boy. I mean, they were running the aisles and dancing around and twirling. And some of them started to flop a little. And, uh, he looked out there and he says, I know some of y'all, you know, uh, you know, if you knew John Osteen, how he could hear him saying it. He says, I know some of y'all don't like this, but he said, I'll tell you. If you knew, and then he named, you know, he said, I know this lady right here that's dancing. I know this one that's running. I know this one that's shouting. He says, if you knew what they had been, if you had been delivered of what they were delivered, it it really spoke to my heart. He said, if you were delivered like they were delivered, you'd be out dancing and shouting too. If you had, if God had done, and some of them had been healed of cancer and different things, and they're really cutting a rug dancing, praise God. You know, God does great things for you. Uh, it's, it's worth jumping up and down over, isn't it? Well, you know, we're free to do whatever. I mean, you know, if you want to jump a little, you can jump. You don't have to jump. I don't like that other, that other ditch where if you're not jumping, then there's something wrong with you. Uh, I, I think folks ought to be left alone and just encouraged to do whatever they feel like doing. But I'll tell you what, there's nothing wrong with clapping your hands. There's nothing wrong. Amen with raising your voice to the Lord and making a joyful noise, uh, not just for the noise sake, because it's praise to the Lord. I'll tell you what, there's no demon in hell uh, with half cents that'll hang around while praise is going up to the Lord. You know, I've heard people say, well, I just felt so alone and lonely in my apartment or my home. And, and just, uh, you know, there was just nothing uh, going on that... Uh, that uh, I, I just, you know, felt alone. I, I, couldn't, I didn't even feel the presence of God. I've been there. I don't know about you. I've been there where, you know, to, to, to say you really felt the presence of the Lord, you'd have been stretching it or saying it by faith. But uh, something about putting on some music and just singing and worshiping, you know. I know when my wife was going through, uh, Cherie was going through such a hard time with with her illness and, and all the, the suffering that went there, uh, we, I'd go in the, sometimes we didn't know what else to do. We'd go in the living room there and in our home and I'd sit down at the piano and we'd begin to worship and praise the Lord. And when we did, it's like relief came and, uh, and joy came and hope, amen, and things looked brighter and the light of God came in the room. And uh, I'm just encouraging you tonight. I wanted to come out here and say this to, to uh, boy, if things aren't going the way you need them to go or whatever, just start praising the Lord about that. And the devil will say to you, well, what have you got to praise him for? You know, you got these problems and you say, well, I'm I'm busting through the problem mountain with my praise to God. Hey, hallelujah. Yeah, if God, and you start quoting some scripture along with that, and boy, you can have yourself a Holy Ghost camp meeting right in your, in your home or in your car. And you just say, you know, I'll tell you, let me tell you, devil, quote the word to the devil. Say, let me remind you of some things. Number one, I'm an heir of God. What good thing would I need? I'm an heir of God. I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ. I'm a partaker of the divine nature. Thank you, Lord, that I'm these things. Thank you that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. 
Thank you that if God be for me, who or what can be against me? Hallelujah. And, uh, and God, and we will win. <laughs> you quote some of the Old Testament. We will win because God is with us and not with the enemy. And so, you know, you begin to just declare, hallelujah. I get excited thinking about it. You begin to declare, you know, if you can't pay all your bills, uh, take them and throw them on the floor and stand on top of them and say, you know, you think you're on top of me, but I'm on top of you. And I'm rejoicing that uh, my God supplies all my need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Not according to my little dinky bank account over here at the wherever, but according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Can you say amen? And I'll tell you what, God will make a way where there doesn't seem to be one. God will make a, cut a path in the wilderness that will lead you safely to where you need to go. Is this helping you tonight? You know, this is worth coming out to hear, isn't it? And then, you know, we have, you know, in the, in the, the book of Acts, amen. Let me see where, where I want to go. Yes. Acts 16. Let's, let's look at this again about the power of praise. There's just something about it that uh, every everything has to change when you praise Him. And even if you don't feel it right away or see it right away, you just keep praising Him. I'm praising God for this. I'm praising God for that. You know, whatever it is, fill it in the blank what you need from the Lord. I've learned that in praying for the sick, if I can get them to, to have any kind of little tone or voice of praise, Amen. That, uh, their, their healing, they'll be able to receive healing a lot better. You know, if they're standing down there whining, and I know it can be tough, but if they're just crying and saying, there's no hope, the doctors have given up, and I've got this pain and that symptom, and I, I don't know what to do, and it's just really sad, they just cry and blow snot and get the clinics out. Well, you know, you, while we can be sympathetic towards that, we can be empathetic towards that. We can lo- love them and hug them. But as far as ministry and healing, they got to get to a place of faith to receive. Amen. To say, okay, I know we got that established. This is bad. This is a bad deal. But let's get now on the victory side of it. Let's get on the side of receiving. Hallelujah. And, uh, and just, uh, you know, so I'll tell them, lift your hands. I've had whole healing lines, you know, line up and I'll say, lift your hands and thank him in advance. Like my dad's book, Thank You for the Biscuits. You know, thank him in advance for what you're about to receive. Thank him that at Calvary he bore your sicknesses and carried your pains. Thank him that technically, according to the word, you were healed 2,000 years ago. And I'm just here tonight, Lord, to receive what you've already done for me. I'm not here to talk into it. I'm not here to promise I'll do better if you heal me. Uh, I'll go be a missionary in, you know, Bangladesh. No, you don't have to, to try to bargain or make a cut a deal 
the deal was made before the foundations of the earth. Hallelujah. I don't know if I'm helping you, but I'm helping me. Acts 16, uh, you know, Paul and Silas in this story, they had cast the devil out of a woman that, with, that her masters were making money off of her with her soothsaying and all that. And uh, they cast the devil out of her. And she had a spirit of divination that had brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. Uh, well, they cast her out and, you know, the gift stopped working. <laughs> and so they're out of money. And they had them arrested. Can you imagine? And it says, uh, uh brought them to the magistrate saying, these men were in, uh, we're in verse 20, being Jews do exceedingly trouble our city and teach customs which are not law, lawful for us to receive neither to observe being Romans. And the multitudes rose up together against them and the magistrates rent off their clothes, tore them off, and commanded to beat them. Well, they just took their clothes off and beat them. When they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them to keep them safely. Now, we don't want these guys busting loose said, who having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison. So there must be, like, sounds like the dungeon to me, doesn't it, you? Like you're down in the hole, as we say. Made their feet fast in the stocks. Now they're inside some kind of an inner prison, feet fast in the stocks. They're not out in the courtyard or the waiting area. They're, they're really in the slammer, as we say. They're in the slammer. And, uh, and, uh, and with their feet fast in the stocks, it's like, you know, King Henry's tower. <laughs> You're not getting out of there too easily. What did they do? They said, well, we got to figure out where we missed it. Cause you know, if we'd have been listening to the Lord, this wouldn't have happened. Got to use wisdom, you know. <laughs> well, no. Or did they say, woe is me. Here we've served the Lord so faithfully, and now this. How can this be? No, it says what happened. And at midnight, I like that because that's the darkest hour. That's the that's the end of the night. The beginning of the morning comes at 12.01, you know. And so in the middle of the night, in the darkest time, uh, and that can be applied to your life, to my life, and at, at the darkest time, Paul and Silas prayed. Well, good. Good thing, good time to pray, isn't it? And sang praises unto God. I love that. Sang them. Now you can praise the Lord with just saying praise the Lord and glory hallelujah and thank you Jesus and there's ways to just talk it out and praise the Lord, but you can sing praises to the Lord. Lord, I sing a song to you. Uh, you know, uh, we, sometimes a young man, he'll fall in love with a young lady and he'll get his guitar out and sing her a little song, you know, a little serenade <laughs> in the midnight serenade. But I tell you what, when we love the Lord, we can serenade him too with our song of love. 
And so they serenaded the Lord. They sang praises unto God. And they didn't just sing a little chorus in the corner, you know, be still and know that I am God. They didn't sing Kumbaya. They didn't sing some little, you know, camp song. I don't know what they sang. It doesn't say. But they sang a loud one because it said the prisoners heard them. Now, I don't know what that does for the, for the, uh, what do they call it? Esprit de corps inside of a prison. If some guys are singing at midnight, I don't think that goes over very well. You know, probably they might have been told by the other prisoners, if you don't shut up, we're going to get in there and beat the living, you know, daylights out of you. But, uh, I don't know. It doesn't say that, but you just can't imagine, you know, here's the new guys. They're inside the, the, they're in the hole and they're singing so loud that their voices are coming through and everybody heard them. Do you like that? Sometimes it's, it, you can just be quiet and be still and you can hear the voice of God, but other times you need to lift up your voice. And uh, one one person said, well, you know, God's not deaf. And the other one said, yeah, but he's not nervous either. So, he, you know, your clapping your hands or praising the Lord is not. And I'll tell you, sometimes I have to get loud enough to drown out what the devil's saying to me. You know what I mean? You have to, you know, if you're in an argument with somebody, sometimes you got to get louder than the other person if you're going to win the argument. And, uh, or, 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 a, or some sort of a dispute. And praise God, we're disputing what the devil is saying. Because everything he's saying to us and against us is a lie. So it's like standing here and being falsely accused. And boy, you better speak up and say, now that's just a lie. Now what you're saying is not true. That's a lie. He tells you you're sick, you're not going to be healed, you're broke, the money ain't coming. You're, you know, you don't. Nobody likes you. You don't have any friends. You don't have any favor. You know, and you're and you're sick, and you're not getting healed. He's a liar, because God has already provided all things that pertain to life and godliness, glory. Well, you know, like I said, sometimes you got to get louder than the accuser. And when he's talking, how many know it's not all, you know, it's not necessarily audible. If you're hearing audible voices, you might need to see Dr. Scarlett about, you know, some, they have medication for that. But, uh, I'm not talking about hearing audible voices, but I'm talking about, uh, um, you know, just the, the thoughts, the way the devil just machine guns. Am I the only one that's experienced this? machine guns, negative stuff at you. Uh, what's going to happen and how bad it's going to be and how ugly it's going to get. And he just keeps on. And, and uh, boy, sometimes you just got to raise up and interrupt his monologue and go, glory to God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You remember the teaching that I did... Uh, Sometime back about, you know, from Romans 4, about Abraham, uh, you know, uh, having this promise about becoming the father of many nations, yet he's uh, about a 100 years old, Sarah's 90, 
And uh, the Bible says that Abraham's body was dead. <laughs> we get that. And then uh, Sarah is, uh, you know, she's she's done. She's done conceiving and having babies at 90. Says her 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 womb was dead. And yet, it says that, the deadness of Sarah's womb. And, and yet, God's still saying this is going to happen. And uh, what did Abraham do to show strong faith to agree with God instead of what his body and her body was saying? It was give glory to God. Abraham was strong in faith, giving glory to God that what he'd promised, he's able to perform. Uh, you start saying glory to God, the devil, it, it spreads confusion in the enemy's camp. Because what will happen is the devil will say, well, now she shouldn't or he shouldn't be praising the Lord or giving glory. What have they got to give glory to God for? I just did the worst thing I could think of against them. And you're going, I'm giving glory to God that I'm already delivered. I'm already healed. I'm already, my bills are already paid. My needs already met. I've already got the victory. Jesus got it for me. And devil, ain't nothing you can do about it. Excuse my Georgia way of saying, there isn't anything that he can do about it. But I just say, ain't nothing he can do about it. (laughs) And that kind of just comes out of my heart a little easier. Ain't nothing he can do about it. (laughs) It's just tough, ain't it? (laughs) It's tough to be the devil because he's already defeated. (laughs) And he's hoping we don't remember that. He's hoping that we go, I don't know, you just seem so real. You know, but we're not going there. Praise God. We're going to, we know the truth. The Bible says you will know the truth. And the truth you know will set you free. And he that's free is free indeed. Amen. Woo! Glory. What happened? What happened when when these dudes, Paul and Silas here, began to sing praises and the prisoners heard them? Look what happened. Power, there's, say this out loud, there's power in praise. There's power in praise. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake. This is the New Testament, folks. So that the foundations of the very prison were shaken. And immediately, all the doors were opened. Don't you love this? And everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awakening out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself because he, he would have been held responsible, see. Supposing that the prisoners had all been fled, had fled, had been fled. Uh, uh, but Paul cried with a loud voice saying, do thyself no harm for we are all here. Then he called for a light, sprang in, I guess they had a lantern of some kind, came trembling, fell down before Paul and Silas, brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? (laughs) Praise God. (laughs) Now, the devil certainly didn't intend this to happen. Not only do these guys get delivered with this great miracle, 
But the jailer wants to be saved. And uh, they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy entire house. Uh, and they spake unto him the word of the Lord, and to do all that were in his house, and to all that were in his house. He took them the same hour of the night. Look at this guy. He washed their stripes, was baptized. He and all his straight away. When they had brought them unto his house, he sat meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. Woo! They had a revival break out. When it was day, the magistrates sent the sergeant saying, let these men go. The keeper of the prison told this saying to Paul, the magistrates have sent to let you go. Now therefore depart and go in peace. And Paul said, they have beaten us openly. <laughs> Don't you love Paul? Uncondemned, being uncondemned, being Romans and have cast us into this prison and they do uh, thrust us out privately. May, uh, may verily, but nay. He said, nay. I, I, verily nay. In other words, absolutely not. But let them come themselves and fetch us out. And the sergeants told these words unto the magistrates, and they feared when they'd heard that they were Romans. See, the favor of God was on them. They came and besought them and brought them out and desired them to depart out of the city. And it was just, please leave. We made a huge mistake. Oops. Boy, that turned around, didn't it? They went out of the prison, entered into the houses of Lydia, and when they had been with the brethren, they comforted them and departed. Praise God. Uh, and I'll tell you what, this is one of the best stories in the Bible. Because here they've been falsely accused, beaten, put into prison. And something about what they, they knew, something about their relationship with God that I'm not sure I've always known, but want to. How about you? That if we just praise the Lord, this thing will turn around. They also knew the nature and character of God enough to know that God would not leave them in the lurch. If you get in the lurch, whatever that means, if you get in the lurch, in the place of a hard place, know this, saint of God, know this, brothers and sisters, God's not going to leave you there. He's not going to leave you in the fiery furnace to burn up. He's not going to leave you in the lion's den to eat up. He's not going to leave you in the prison to beat up. Hallelujah. He will set you free. And he will come with his ways. God's got a way to open the prison, doesn't he? If he has to, he'll shake the thing from the bottom up. You know that, do you want to know how amazing God is, this God we serve? You do a tour of the Holy Land. Someday we should do like a video tour of the Holy Land here. Wouldn't that be fun one night to have a video tour of some of the places? Maybe during Christmas would be a good time to do that. Find a, find a DVD or something we could play. But uh, when you do a tour of the Holy Land, you can go to the area where... uh the city of Jericho is. Remember Joshua fought the battle of Jericho and the walls came tumbling down and the Israelites marched around it. The Lord said, march around it seven times 
And they were praising the Lord then. They're marching around that thing, blowing trumpets, blow, probably blowing shofars to be, to be accurate and uh, blowing those things and marching around and singing and the high priest leading and everybody and uh, said seven times around and those walls uh, came down. They didn't fall down. They compressed into the ground. And so you can walk on top of the wall of Jericho, it's, it's even with the dirt. I mean, it's flat. They, well, they dug down a little ways to find it. But when they were, when they were digging to find that wall, they were looking for, you know, just rubble. Cause the Bible's clear of what happened. And what they found was the intact, and they thought, well, now is this the foundation? Of the wall, you know, and maybe the wall was up and maybe who knows what happened. But when they kept digging, they found the intact wall. God just took his finger <laughs> and, and just pressed that wall down into the ground like an elevator going down. And all of a sudden, the city's wide open. Wow, what a God. What a God we have. Folks, if he can take those walls of Jericho and push them down into the ground and compress them. What can he remove out of your way? What can he remove out of my way that would be blocking progress and blocking the will of God? And 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 I believe everybody here has a destiny. I believe everybody here has a purpose for being on the earth and and a, and a, and a, a, a godly divine purpose for being. And and I'll tell you. Uh, anything standing in the way of that purpose being fulfilled, uh, God knows how to move it. One more thing, you know, the Bible tells us about going in, the Israelites were always going into battle. They, those poor people, they've always had everybody against them. They're going into the battle. And the prophet of God said, if you want to win the battle, send Judah first. And uh, so they'd send... uh you know, the, the praisers, the Jehoshaphat and his group, they'd send them into the, we used to sing a little song, if you want to win the battle, send Judah first. Meaning, ahead of the army, they'd send the praise team. Can you imagine that? Everybody wants to be on the praise team until you realize you're a cannon fodder. You're the, you're the, <laughs> you're the ones out front. I think that's sometimes true in a lot of churches, the music departments where everything blows up, you know. Because because uh, everybody's you know because the devil just gets involved. But you know we're not having it in Jesus' name. But you know a lot of churches do. Boy, I've I've seen two women getting them almost a fist fight over who's going to play the piano. You know, like craziness. But uh, in one in one church they had I know about in in Tulsa, the holy city. Praise the Lord. There was a church there in the the Pentecostal church and. One lady wouldn't give up the piano bench. They wanted another one to play, so they brought in another grand piano. They had two of them sitting there, both playing. It was ridiculous, you know, almost like dueling pianos, you know, because one wouldn't give it up. (laughs) Anyway, how ridiculous. (laughs) I love that. But anyway, what's funny about that is that uh, uh, they said, you know, if you want to win the battle, send the praisers first. And... uh you know, you, you look at story after story where the battle was won and the Jews, usually the Israelites, they usually had way less people, way smaller armies, less equipment, 
less of an advantage in every way. Militarily, they were just done, you know. But they'd send that praise team in there, and the power of God would hit the place, and they were, you know, the, the enemy would lose. Is this helping anybody? So if you want to win your battles, start praising Him, thanking Him, giving Him glory, giving Him honor. You know, almost every time I go to pray for somebody, make a hospital visit or whatever, I'll, first thing I'll do after you saying, you know, niceties, you go, hi, how are you? Uh, heard about this, blah, 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 a little small talk. Then we'll get with it and I'll say, let's just, before we pray, before we anoint with oil, before we read any scripture, let's just lift our hands and praise God for His goodness, for His mercy. See, get, get, get your brain wrapped around the bigness of God. Magnify the Lord with me. Amen. Uh, we used to sing that little song we might end tonight with this. Lord, I magnify you and lift up your, your wonderful name. Amen. What does magnify mean? What does it mean to magnify the Lord? Well, it means make God bigger. Magnify, magnifying glass. Anybody ever, you know, you need your words bigger on what you're reading? So you get one of these, they got these magnifying glass. They got them now that's like the whole page. You just stand up, you know. And uh, what, what do you do that for? Well, you can see what you're looking at becomes bigger. When I, when I was a boy, I used to take a magnifying glass to look at bugs and stuff, you know. All of a sudden, you've got a monster, you know. <laughs> you got like something that they'd have on, uh, what is it, the Twilight Zone or whatever. <laughs> the Outer Limits was the worst one. But anyway, we <laughs> I just hear the Outer Limits music and get in fear when I was a kid, you know. Ah! But you you take a you take a magnifying glass and you can see the detail. What was tiny, you'd have a little tiny ant, little 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 sugar ant, we call it. And you could take that magnifying glass and blow that thing up. And boy, if you had an ant that size, it'd really get your attention. But, uh, you know, you just look at that and magnify it. Make it bigger. Make it larger. Magnify the Lord. Let's make God bigger. God's bigger than the doctor's report. God's bigger than the accountant's report. God's bigger than, you know, something else, than covid and riots, and whatever else 2020 is representing. Praise and civil unrest and political unrest. Hallelujah. God's bigger. And I, I believe him that God's going to pull our nation out of this pit that we've seen ourselves in. But uh, I'm not participating in the pit in Jesus' name. I'm going to stay up for the sunshine and praise his name. Can you say amen? Father, in Jesus' name, we just delivered this message. I pray that it touches many that hear it and let it be an encouragement and a remembrance of something, a powerful tool that you've given us to win the victory and win the battle every time uh, is, is praising the Lord and magnifying his name. We give you glory and honor in Jesus' name.